Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown, because this week's episode starts in Three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. We are your hosts, Amber and Jenna. And WTF, guys, what the heck is going on worldwide? We are here to discuss all the craziness that's happening. And we have a little title, Apocalypse Now, because it's kind of suited to what's going on, a silver lining. Hi. Hi, Jenna. Hi. Hi, everyone else. Hi. I mean, yeah, just crazy, crazy. I, I It's unprecedented in the world that we've ever been in, in a state. Even talking to my grandma, she's like, never in my life have I heard or seen of anything like this. That's true. My mind is bending. It's really hard for me to even gauge the the just gravity of what's going on. And I just want to start this episode by saying we are not here to contribute to any fear, panic, or misinformation out there around the no. coronavirus. Our intentions today are to explore our own personal ideas and tactics about how to survive this time mm-hmm. and the ideas that are circulating around in hopes to offer people peace around the situation mm-hmm. and a silver lining. So I just want to give the heads up. Let's start totally. with that. Yeah. And and I don't actually even think that Amber and I are very scared, at least uh, speaking for myself. I actually don't feel very much fear around the situation. So it's good. And um, yeah, just exploring this just chaos. And in, in life, we know that the only constant is change anyway. So it's a really good you know moment to sort of assess how we react to the unexpected and how we can thrive under unexpected circumstances. Mm. And there's such a big topic woven through these episodes of, you know, it's easy when you're in the storm to forget that at one point you're going to look back and see how this is divinely orchestrated and how it leads you to the next step as part of where we're meant to be going, where we're being pushed. And this is a perfect example of how it's really hard to see while we're in this where the silver lining is and why this is all happening. But Mm -hmm. I have this really weird feeling of calm in my bones. It's really bizarre. And I can't even explain why, because obviously my rational mind is telling me, you should be in a panic. You're going to die. This is crazy. The world is ending. But there is something deep (laughs) inside me that there's a deep knowing that this is leading us to mm-hmm. new systems, to a better way, to yeah. rebuilding in a way where we're supporting the earth, we're coming together as a global race. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I've got some very interesting theories on this. So let's get into it. You have a beautiful definition, Jenna. So why don't you throw that at, at us? Well, this is sort of what I was thinking about when I was writing a, d- a definition for, you know, the, of the apocalypse now, question mark, or silver lining, 
you know, in this whole situation. So we are living in times that are unprecedented. It seems like the world is going up in flames at every new turn. The stock market has crashed. Major sports and events are canceled. We have seen flames, floods, war, famine. And now many of us are confined into our homes for the near future due to this developing virus going viral situation. Are, so my question is, are we actually in the apocalyptic times prophesized in the book of Revelation and by other, you know, spiritual and religious traditions? Um, if so, what can we expect? Do we have to be scared? Um, and according to the Merriam-Webster definition of apocalypse or the apocalyptic times, it says, God destroys the ruling powers of evil and raises the righteous to a life in a messianic kingdom. So, AKA making way for a new earth. Yes. Yeah, so basically it's like God is destroying all the, the evil, bad, you know, financial powers and raising the good to a life of the new earth, you know? And so this is something that I have felt in my bones for as long as I've ever known, you know? It's like I could even tell as a teenager, uh, which was quite a long time ago now, um, that, that, you know, it's like we had two choices on the earth. We were either going to destroy ourselves and the earth or we were going to wake up and come up with better systems. And to wake up is not an easy thing. You know, we know that in our personal lives, because for a lot of us, awakening is not some like happy time. It's usually, you know, breakdowns equal to breakthroughs. And mm -hmm. um, so we know that awakening cannot always be easy. And on the global scale, I kind of always felt like there would have to be some pretty intense shakedown, some, some shake up. Uh, to things to change, to get things to change because people are so set in their ways and people are so, um, creatures of habit, you know, one of the hardest things to change is a habit. So we're all in these old unsustainable habits, you know, even me, like I still use paper towels in my house. Like I, I see that as unsustainable, but just that alone, it's like, we're all in these habits that are unsustainable and, and we're just, continuing. So we really need these like jolts, like in this time where there's no toilet paper, for example, I, I don't have paper towels. So I'm being forced to come up with other more sustainable ways of like wiping down my kitchen counter, you know? So that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I completely concur. I completely agree. I think that there is nothing that could have been more drastic. There's nothing else that could have happened that would get us globally, not just America or not just Sweden, this cute little country that you know <laughs> is the only one that's kind of doing things in the sustainable way. Globally, we need to A, come together as a race. There is no more room to be divided. We need to come together and we need to work together in a peaceful way we need to stop focusing on things that are dividing us like wars and natural resources and all of that stuff. And I think nothing else would have done that except for something that we're all suffering and struggling with and old systems. There's no other way these old systems that we're so entrenched in our everyday survival and operation, there's nothing else that would have crashed it besides this. And I've been looking into the astrological forecasts, um, you know, that were released before this all went down, that were predicting exactly 
this situation. And most of them are pointing this all moving towards recreating a fairer, a more balanced, a more sustainable financial system globally. Because mm-hmm. we all know that more than half the global population are really, really suffering in regards to minimum wage and putting food on the table and the natural resources, all of that. So I think this is definitely pushing us towards something more sustainable and betterment for humankind. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, on one of your points was this idea of like the common enemy, like the common enemy in this case, of course, is the virus. And when I was in doing my master's in anthropology, I actually wrote my master's thesis on this concept of uh, what's called narcissism of minor differences. It's a it's a concept from Freud that talks about when two neighbors are right next to each other or two households are right next to each other in or like within humans, there's a certain amount of aggression or negative emotion, according to Freud. And there's also a certain amount of love and positive emotion. Now to keep the love and positive emotion as the only thing that's circulating around your home, sometimes that negativity needs to be projected outward. And it's usually projected outward onto your closest geographic neighbor. And we see this in situations like um, Israel and Palestine or uh, Ireland and England with like these minor differences. Like, so you might have Catholics and Protestants, and that's a very minor difference. I mean, they both believe in Jesus. There's a lot of that they have in common as Catholics and Protestants, but there's minor differences. And so what's called the narcissism of minor differences is when you basically project your hate outward onto your neighbor because of a minor difference. Now, according to, and so this is what causes all the wars and tensions in in the world, right? And so according to Freud, and what I was writing my thesis about too, is like, we need a common enemy. When we have a common enemy, we can collectively project that that oppositional or negative uh, energy onto the common enemy versus onto our neighbors. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So having this as a common enemy could really serve as a great opportunity for the world to come together and to look past our minor differences. I completely agree. And with all the looting going on in in Trader Joe's and Whole Foods (laughs) and Costco and whatever it is, I think people are getting a realization that they need to have more sustainable ways for access to food and to totally. clean totally. water and my kids are screaming in the background. Keep keep talking, oh, Amber. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Apocalyptus now. Apocalypse now is really happening. Jenna's house. Um yeah, so I really think this is a pretty drastic way to wake us up to look to the land and how to start maybe just start with your own little veggie patch or start thinking about a farm and growing bigger food for, you know, bigger amounts of food for, to feed more mouths. Or, you know, we have a lot of people who are talking about how to find your local water source and how to um, test the water and be able to access wild harvested water. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that there's, I see a lot of silver linings coming out of this, but let's deal with the initial fear. And do you want to, Jenna, what I'm interested because you and I have been so distracted homeschooling manning um yeah. our children in lockdown yeah. exactly um i haven't even discussed with you what your 
what your insight is with this virus, where it came from, how it came to be, if there's a spiritual or, you know, evil powers of the world agenda, or if it's just straight up, you know, a virus and everything the media is reporting is completely true. What's your take Mm -hmm. on it? It's a, yeah. When I spiritually and like intuitively focus in on this whole situation, I kind of get like a brain scramble. Like I'm confused. Like I don't feel like I have a clear sense of what's going on with this. I don't know if it's like some grand conspiracy or if it's a straight up virus. I'm kind of more disposed to believe that it's a straight up virus, but, and and people are just panicking and acting out of fear and, Mm -hmm. um, or, or, you know, something like Trump might want to show his power by, by closing down everything to show that in his country, the coronavirus won't spread or, you know, like all of these sort of factors that's kind of leading up to the way that it's been responded to. I feel like there's a lot of factors at play, but, um, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about the book of Revelation in this episode and not in a scary way. And the book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible. It's an exciting book. It's a book that I've really always been obsessed with and eager to, to see happen, really. Um, but uh, that I sort of see it as as a fulfillment of prophecy. Like we really are in these end end times. Um, So in the book of Revelation, like what happens is like all of these disasters are really unleashed upon the earth and which I think we're kind of seeing, you know, things like fires. I mean, there's been unprecedented amount of fires, like the amount of natural disasters lately has just been insane. Right. So a bunch of natural. Yeah. The most the world has ever seen in the entire history of mankind. (laughs) So Pretty bad. Yes. And um, so you have all these disasters being unleashed. And and at the end, um, right before the fall, so like the in the book of Revelation, there's this this creature called Babylon, which in my mind is like all of the the sin, all of the darkness and all of the evil, really. It's like it's it's described as like a sexual, it's like a sexual beast that's like taking all of our sexual energies and just using it for the dark side and all of this creature that's a- across all of the earths and all of the nations. So this creature is first seen for what it is. And then it falls. And when it's when it falls, like the angels trumpet in heaven and hallelujah, the, the beast has fallen. And then basically what happens is the new earth is built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like the kingdom of God on earth, which is what I've always been rooting for. Like I want to see the, a kingdom of love on earth where systems are formed around love. And, um, you know, if you think about like the Lord's prayer, when they say like, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's um, what we're talking about here. We're talking about the kingdom of the higher laws being reflected onto the new earth. So, and that, and in the end, like Jesus comes back. And I know a lot of new age people, you know, would say that that is the return of Christ consciousness. That is the return of all of us waking up. And as a matter of fact, living as Jesus lived, which is living as love embodied, Mm -hmm. you know, and we already saw in the story of the actual Jesus that like when one man lives as love embodied, like he can be killed by the dark side, you know, but if, if all of us come at you, like living as love embodied, like you're not going to be able to kill like thousands, millions of us, like we will turn the tide, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
That's I love that perspective. I love that perspective. And I love that you're more focused on where this is taking us rather than the <laughs> the huge amount of energy people are putting towards where it came from and, you know, who's behind it and this and that, even though it's fascinating because there are a lot of theories circulating right now and the human ego does tend to want to blame. Mm-hmm. And, and to you know, understand, really. And, Understand, understand, but also blame. And it's even in that kind of egoic, um, you know, tendency, there is a distraction. There's a distraction from being present with what is and focusing on projecting towards the possibilities of where this could take us. Because it's not, it's, it's, you know, we're riding that as we go where this is going to take us. And Jenna, I love the fact that you said when you tune into this, your brain scrambles and you can't quite pinpoint whether this is a man-made virus, which a lot of people are saying, um, or this is just indeed legitimately what happened was that a virus got into the food and then the food contaminated the people and then they spread it and this is a genuine thing. I don't know if a human being would want to completely and utterly annihilate the world's economic structure. I mean, it's it's pretty serious. I mean, Kerry's just closing down all of his restaurants. I mean, I've got, I know everyone has been completely inundated with emails from every business they're slightly connected <laughs> to completely shutting down. So you can imagine how many people are losing their jobs. And as we said before, you know, people are not, it's the the minority that are able to earn a decent amount to have savings or, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of push through times where they're not working. The rest of the world are living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. even if they're getting a paycheck of a decent amount. Mm-hmm. So, and then you add it on like their kids, people's kids are not in school. You have, someone has to watch your kids, you know, you can't pay for childcare. You have to, and then even if you have a job, you well, might you, use it. That's right. Can't even go. That's right. And I was listening. I was talking to one of Valentine's teachers, and they were saying, you know, a huge majority of the students that go to public schools have their kids in the schools. Obviously, not just because of education and they're out there working and they need childcare, but because of food, they can't afford to feed their kids three meals a day, and so yeah. they get handouts at school yeah. and childcare. And so, what are those people going to do who have lost their jobs and have lost the childcare? And lost um, the food, food to feed children. the children. I know. So, well, I, I've heard a lot of people in LA, my mom included, who's very fired up on that exact issue of like 60% of LA USD students yes. re- like require support in that way. Food from nutritional support from their school system. So I think there are, um, for anybody who needs that, at least in LA and San Francisco, at least um, they're working, heard, on, they're working on having drop off places where you could go and just pick up food, at least for breakfast and for lunch. For, for kids. That's right. But coming back to the idea of an agenda, do you really think, I mean, do you really think a human being would release something like this knowing the impact worldwide on the average human being? Oh, yeah. I think there are you people think who would? are dark and horrible enough if they want to, you know, crash the stock market or something because of 
their own interests because you could bet against the stock market and make a whole bunch of money. And you could also buy up everything that everyone else is selling off for really cheap if you want to. But I, I think that if, if I were a person, if I were a maniacal evil person that wanted to like destroy the world and take the stock market, all that, Dr. I just evil. I just don't know if I would if coronavirus would be like what I made. Do you know what I mean? It's just not scary enough. You know, I know I know it's scary for for older people and for people who are not, you know, whatever and for maybe younger people too, but it just doesn't seem like it seems like almost ugh, the response to this level of virus because it's not like if you get it, you're going to die a horrible, painful death. You know what I mean? Well, like you are you're, if you're a certain of certain kind of stats, you know, right. if, so, if you're if sick was, or if you're elderly. Totally. But if I, were, if I were a maniacal person trying to like unleash a disease upon the world, I think I would make it a little bit like worse for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be like, ah, yeah, like I'll just only take out the already sick. I'd probably be worse. I'd probably make something worse. I don't know. Or you'd want to be a little bit incognito and make it look like it's, it's true. you know what I mean? But I let's, I mean, I have to ask the question because I know so many people are asking this question, you know, who benefits from this? Is there anyone benefiting from this? And I can think of I can think of one. I can think of one very, very powerful, obvious. Yeah. very big, powerful power that is kind of ruling the world. Mm-hmm. And it starts with a B. Oh, wait, really? <laughs> I will, the, the first word starts with a B, big. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, the second oh. word starts with a PH. Okay. But I don't know if we're even allowed to say it because we may get shut down in a second um, or headhunted or something. But that is that is one interesting conversation. And once again, you know, we can speculate till the cows come home, but I really think we should be focusing on the silver lining of this. But mm-hmm. people are asking the question. Well, and- it's clear pharma- pharmaceutical industry is going to profit, especially if there's a vaccine made. Uh, and... But, you know, I, I think that like maybe in my heart, I don't know, and this is all speculation, but I'm not sure like that that they went to Wuhan, China and like unleashed this virus. I'm not sure Big Pharma did that, but I just think that they're ready to profit, you know, on this and maybe mm-hmm. controlling some of the fear propaganda and some of the media response could be, you know, Big Pharma agenda. But I just, That's I don't know. I think. I think that they're waiting on the sidelines, ready to capitalize yeah. off this, but yeah. I don't know if they legitimately created this virus and released it. What I do suspect, and mark me on these words, is that they will use this to implement an adult mandatory vaccine program. And I'm not getting it because I would rather get, I would rather get COVID-19 than the vaccine. Well, you know what they're going to do, babe. This is at least my idea. You are going to be, um, travel, domestically, internationally is going to be withheld from you if you don't, if you're not up to date on that. You're not going to be able to get a job. You're not going to be able to go to a yoga class. You're not going to be able to go to school or your kids go to school. You're going to be robbed of all of your human rights. Okay. 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 I'm getting, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And guess what happens if the entire population of the earth is fear mongled into buying your product for the rest of their life and for generations and generations and generations to come you go from being the most powerful you know control of the world to 
world domination like that's it like there's no and then and now the world is being forced to inject whatever you're selling and peddling uh they're being forced to it's not they don't even have a choice and i think there's so much danger in in injecting people without giving them a choice because right now yeah it could be a vaccine it could be all good but later when people are habituated into just being you know forced to inject things Big Pharma, who's making these vaccines and are, is also profiting off our illness in every single other way. That's interesting. They, yeah, there is, <laughs> a conflict of, there is a conflict of interest there. Do you know what I mean? And, it's a big one. And I just want to say, like, I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-human rights being able to choose yes. what you put in your body. And I tell you what, if they produced a safe vaccine that did not have neurotoxins and heavy metals just it. and things that we are not designed to digest and that build up and affect our our brains and our bodily functionings, our immune system responses, if they created a vaccine without all that crap in it, I would take it. Oh yeah. That's just it because no anti-vaxxer is being is is really anti the vaccine component of a vaccine. They're only anti all the other crap that gets put in there that is actually like preservatives. It's not even corely necessary for the actual vaccine. So I think and we're it, all in agreement with that. Yeah. And it lowers the immune system, which allows more <laughs> health issues to come on in. So and it's people who are making them are profiting on our illness. So there's a conflict of interest there. And everyone's like, well, I don't understand why people are so freaked out by like just at least looking into that, you know, and like having an honest conversation about that instead of like, anyway, Well, supposedly every single human being um, is exactly the same in regards <laughs> to their bio-individuality, like physical constitution and that being hit with heavy metals and the argument is you know the heavy metals are so such a small amount like it can't it can't affect us but how many do we are we um now bullied to get in a lifetime what i'm saying is that it is smart to just step back and think about okay like what are the facts in regards to who would profit or who would you know because money runs the world everyone says follow the money train follow the money train is that money train going to lead you to a clue as to where this direction where we're going to be pushed where we're going to end up what is going to happen because i think that you know speculating is one thing but trying to cover all options of where this is pushing us will allow us to prepare for what may be than our reality, a new reality. And I think that it's important that we take whatever power we have into our hands right now in regards to our health. And I am the biggest believer of uh, let nature be thy medicine. So later on, I'm going to put out a whole list of things that people can be doing daily to boost their immune systems around this. But I think that people should start getting their life in order where they can be as self-sustainable as possible. Mm -hmm. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, not as reliant on the systems because a lot of the time, as we've discovered, systems that are created by these bigger powers do have agendas. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're totally for our health and, mm -hmm. you know, our sustainability as a human race, but sometimes they're not. So. I think it's just important, no matter what, we start thinking about how to be self-sustainable. I completely agree with you. And, um, you know, that 
is even just thinking about how to be self-sustainable really is the solution. Because like I was saying, in, when I was a teenager and I would look at the future and I would see that there was like distinctly two options. I feel like the option that we choose where we all survive, we actually have to um, be in smaller, more sustainable communities instead of these large, uh, unsustainable communities, you know? So especially, I think it's really great time to start thinking about uh, how you can contribute to living more sustainably just in the case of disaster, but just in the case of, of, of living closer to the earth and uh, being able to have the supply chain of your needs just closer at hand with water, with food, you know, like grow, grow your own food, do that planter box. Um, and also have an idea of like, if things really did go crazy, like where you would go and, um, how you would survive. I just think it's a good thing to think about. Don't want to scare My plan people. B is looking real good right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a, you have a great plan B, Amber. What do you think about this idea um, around Bill Gates being involved and profiting off this patented, the coronavirus? Is that, oh, Lord. I tried I to do some research on it to find the facts about it. And it works out that there are various strains of the coronavirus and people, scientists and corporations and very wealthy individuals such as Bill Gates, not that I know it's him specifically, but have indeed um, patented the coronavirus um, in some different strains. And so that then raises the question. Yes. That is crazy. Well, I mean, patents, I think are public, you know, so you could like look it up. Yes, they are. And that's what I'm encouraging people to do. Have you actually seen evidence that he has patented patented the coronavirus? No, not him, but other other corporations strains like different strains of this virus have weird. been but there weird. is a lot of there is a lot of talk about bill gates around this thing and i'm i have no opinion around this because i don't want to be on either side i just think it's interesting that um he is very provax that he you know 2 months before this coronavirus came out, he launched a seminar where he was really detailed, like explained in a very, very detailed manner what would happen if a pandemic was to hit the earth. And the the details that he spelled out are terrifyingly exactly what has happened. Yeah. So I don't know why Bill Gates would blow his own whistle like two months before the, the virus was released and have a public patent that could ever be traced back to him. That just seems like counter evidence. I feel like Bill Gates is like too smart for that. And it could just be a coincidence or it could be that he did know something and did know that this was going to happen eventually or who knows? I mean, it's just so mind boggling. I, yeah. I don't know. No, I totally agree. And I am completely neutral on that one because there's a lot of information out there and a lot of kind of speculations each way. So all I know is that he's a very, very smart man and um, I don't know him personally, so I don't know whether his (laughs) agendas are good or evil, but he's smart. So you're right. He probably would see that coming and not want to be connected to it. So I want to quickly touch upon the idea of um, 5G because I did 
come across this um I did come across this video that's circulating around YouTube by uh, a name called uh, sorry a name a man called Joshua Coleman who's a speaker author and psychologist and he explains how viruses are secretions of a toxic cell and he urges us to look at the link between the implementation of 5G which over the last six months has been put in place. First place 5G hit in its masses was China, by the way. Wuhan, like the part of China where the virus was? Yes, yes. And he wants us to look at the relationship between the, the electrification of the earth and our health. That's what he's bringing up here. So, you know, I, he's not directly saying 5G created the coronavirus, but he is bringing up an interesting topic around the electrification of the earth and how it affects our cellular structure as human beings and how it weakens our immune system. And he says every single pandemic that has happened, because this isn't the first one, I think this is the fourth, he says how every single pandemic that has happened in the last 150 years, there has been just before the pandemic, there has been a quantum leap in the electrification of the earth. And he says in his words, whenever you expose a biological system, humans or animals, to a new electric magnetic field, you poison it, you kill some of it, and the rest of it gets mutated. So this is where the virus, I, th- these are now my words, these, this is where the virus has room to thrive. But about the 5G, I think that's a really good point. And 5G is something that we need to look into. Um, and it could be sort of why it's spreading so quick and so, so you know, prevalently. But I don't see how it would have like started the, the coronavirus, no, but I could see how no, it could no. be contributing to like the global like situation. For sure. Yeah. And of course, this is labeled as a massive conspiracy theory and all those nusses out there that are trying to connect 5G and the coronavirus. And that's why I say this as just an interesting idea that people are discussing. In Mm -hmm. no way am I saying that this is a connection and this is Mm -hmm. fact, but it's Mm -hmm. something that people have reached out to wanting us to talk about and discuss Mm. because they have heard about it. I've heard about it too. I would actually love to do an episode about 5G, completely about 5G. Um, Getting an expert on. Yeah. Let's get an expert on about that because I just don't know enough. And I also don't know how people know enough because 5G seems to be like a pretty new technology. And to, you know, I'm not sure like the people who are, who are speaking about it are like actually doing scientific studies around it, or if they're just like, I, I just don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure about the whole five G situation. And by the way, I'm perfectly fine with the speed of my cell phone. Are totally. You? And like, have you seen those commercials that that like compare four G to five G in speed, and four G is faster? What the heck? Like, why do we even need it? It's like we don't. I don't That's why it is. There is some suspiciousness around it, and I, I I do see that, and I would love to explore it more deeply. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, are there any other are there any other points on this topic that you think people are going to be wanting to ask in their heads or wanting us to explore? Um, 
Uh, yeah. So the one thing that I just want to reiterate is just like how exciting this time can be, you know? And I think that that's part of why we feel this calmness in a way is like, this is maybe what we were born for to like live through this time of massive transition and to anchor the new world energies in whatever way that we are capable of doing that, you know? And so I think this is you know, this time, although it's confusing, can also be exciting. It's like our calling to to be here at this time and to hold down the new energies of love and of sustainability. And when the systems do crumble, to be able to to step up and for us to be the helpers, the people who really pathfind and bushwhack and step up to build build the new systems, you know? And I think that's what a lot of us that are listening to this podcast and participating in this work, that's what we're here for, you know? And so it should, it's exciting. Mm, I completely agree. Yep. Now is the time to simplify and slow down. And I think that's why this financial crisis that's around the corner is probably going to rob us of our need for materialism to be the driving force in our lives. We're not going to get a choice. It's going to be simplifying our life Mm -hmm. and slowing down and being more present with each other and coming together as a race and really working out how to get back to the land and understanding it and working with it. And yeah, these systems need to change. It's, it's, it was only a matter of time, to be honest, until we were forced to, forced. to break them down. Totally. Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting because something, this coronavirus, it's not just the financial systems that are being threatened. It's the education systems. It's the um, social systems. Yeah. The fact, everything, every element of life has come to a halt and is now in a way in our hands. So it's, it's, it, I don't know. I've had a lot of people who are getting into homeschooling because all of the schools are shut down in LA at least. And they're sending you home with these packages and encouraging you to do lessons from home. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, I actually, this is damn hard. Number one, but number two, I have more control about what my kids are learning Mm -hmm. and how they're learning and Mm -hmm. what they want to focus on. And there are, I'm seeing silver linings in every department and just understanding around our health and how important it is to everything you put in your mouth as much as possible be to be medicine because oh, we're yeah. not immune to everything and crazy stuff can happen and you can see that the strong are surviving this. And so it's time to take our our health seriously and the quality of food we eat and the thoughts we think and all of it, take it into our own hands. Yeah. And I would love, I know Amber and I talked about doing another episode coming up here shortly around, um, you know, ways that we can strengthen our immune system and, and make ourselves stronger to viruses and, um, whatever might come our way. So be looking for that episode. Another episode that I would love to do is around, um, you know, homeschooling kind of like our, what, how that's been going for us, what's been working, what's been not when, um, when we're here with our kids, you know, for days and weeks on end. So (laughs) yeah, could be be a helpful episode. Um, I also want to put out there the research I've done into some natural resources for, to boost one's immune system. Elderberry is meant Mm -hmm. to be one of the most used medicinal plants in the world. And, is really popular to use against flu and the common cold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's also colloidal silver. But that colloidal. is a metal. Have you ever thought about that? That's like a, a metal. Is colloidal it a silver? 
Is it a heavy metal though? <laughs> I could very well be. I mean, you're still taking metal into your body. That's true. I, then- I, colloidal silver, I feel like it's controversial. Like some people are all about it and some people are like, eh, nah. Okay. Well, there's been a lot of research showing that it handles infectious diseases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an antibacterial agent as well. It's massive in the holistic health circles. So I'm sure there's been a lot of research on it in regards to a holistic perspective. So it's been vetted by a lot of a lot a lot of people in the holistic scene. Um, but moving on, vitamin C is mm-hmm. is huge. If we High just dose. like. High dose yeah, vitamin C. High doses of vitamin C that is really great against all kind of influenza viruses. And that's all I got right now. Lots of sleep, lots of positive vibes, lots of projecting into the type of world you want to see be birthed out of mm-hmm. this, out of this time. Mm-hmm. So why don't we open up our invitation? For um, our listeners yeah. who want to participate in do, that. Do you have an invitation, Amber? Yeah. I'm just thinking I want people to ask themselves, how can you continue to find peace in this time of uncertainty and chaos? And what aspects of your health can you take control of? What aspects of your life can you take control of right now? What systems in your life can you change for the better? Take at least one step in empowering your own radiant health and well-being. And Jenna, as you always say, I think it's this is the perfect time to become the neutral witness. Mm-hmm. Just watch what is unfolding. And as we kind of dabbled in in this episode, it's so easy to project, so easy to blame, so easy to get wrapped up in conspiracy theories, this and that, and the ego enjoys it. But we really got to hunker down and think about being the neutral witness and focusing on on where this is going to end up and what we can birth out of this, what positive things we can birth out of it. I believe, like I believe that so much positivity is going to be birthed. Like we're at the beginning of this changing tides and I'm excited. I'm excited to ride this wave. Yeah, me too. That That peaceful kind of anchor inside me, I think is my high self, just knowing that in some weird way, this is kind of the best thing that's ever happened. Best thing that's ever happened. So, all right. Welcome new earth. Welcome to (laughs) ushering it in. We're ready for you. That covers it for today. Apocalypse Now, Silver Lining. We will hope to have you with us next week and we will touch base with you and see how things are developing for you, our community. Thanks so much for joining us. We can't wait to have you with us next episode. And um, TTFN, ta-ta for now, people. See you next time, guys. Lots of love.